0: featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Hello, let's get vulnerable listeners. I have some exciting news for you. Right now, there are limited spots available in the ESL Relationship program. This program is designed to take you from your current attachment style and move you to a securely attached woman who is attracting the kind of relationship that you deserve. A healthy relationship, somebody that you can grow and build with. But most importantly, it is designed to take you to the version of you who loves herself and knows how to show up unapologetically in dating and life and to have fun dating. So make sure that you apply to the program as soon as possible as spots are incredibly limited. Use the link in my Instagram bio. It says apply now. You can also find the link in the show notes. Before I forget, for the month of February, I am offering 10% off the investment price of the program, you do not want to miss this. I rarely offer a discounted price on the program. So in honor of Valentine's Day, I'm offering the 10% off. So make sure that you apply now, use the link in my Instagram bio or the link in the show notes. Make sure you do this before the spots fill up. Once they are gone, they are gone. And trust me, they will be going quickly, especially with a discounted rate. So Go apply now. Your future self will thank you. What's up? This episode is going to be a juicy one. And here's the thing. I did a poll on my IG story and asked if people wanted to hear the Dr. Morgan personal journey. And I thought, "Ah, maybe like ten people will be interested in that. I got the most votes I've ever received on a poll from that question. There was over a hundred and some I think it ended up being like a hundred and seventeen that voted yes, they wanted to know my personal journey, so As shocking as that is, I can understand. I mean, you all know I'm a clinical psychologist, relationship coach. I've devoted my career to the study of attachment theory and healthy relationships. So you're probably wondering like how that all came to be and why I do what I do. And I'm happy to share it with you all. I think there were parts of this journey um, where I wouldn't have felt open sharing. And and to be honest, I know that as someone who's on social media and has a podcast, et cetera, I'm not as vulnerable as some people, which is hilarious because the podcast is Let's Get Vulnerable. But when it comes to my own personal life, there's just been things that I go, I need to keep this for myself. And all of us have that line. It's called knowing your boundaries. So I will honor that even in this episode. So there may be things that I don't share. Um, but I'm, I am I want to do my best to kind of open up to you all a little bit and tell you about my journey. And maybe, just maybe, I'll let you in on where I'm at now. We'll see. We'll see. So... I think one of the things to note is just like anyone, just like anyone, I didn't have a perfect childhood. None of us have a perfect childhood. It's a total lie and a myth to think that you could, right? Um, So I'm going to start there and then I'll kind of move through high school and I'll move on to college and take you to, to where we are now. So back? Let's see. It all, you know, started when my dad (laughs) and mom met at the Pike Place Market in Seattle. And it's actually a funny story. My dad was working at a pawn shop um, and my mom came in and wanted to buy a flute. So my dad sold my mom a flute and apparently she played him a song right there in the pawn shop. And then they went to a Mariners game and the rest is history. Pretty soon, my sister and I, my twin sister and I were born and there you go. Um, I will say this, you know, I I know that they had really good things in their relationship. And I also know that they really struggled. I think in one of my earlier episodes, You might have remembered me talking about um, conflict equals abandonment because I had memories of literally my mom like driving off in the middle of the night because she was so mad at my dad. And even as a four-year-old feeling the fear that she might never return, right? So they definitely had patterns that I would say influenced me in not the most healthy way, just like many of your parents, right? Like maybe they had patterns where they didn't talk to each other um, and held everything in, or maybe there was an affair, or maybe there was lots of yelling and screaming and calling names and put downs, right? Like we have no control as children over how our parents decide to model relationships. I want you all to take that in. We have no control over that. Right. And it's something that we have to navigate. And most of us don't learn to let it go and take it out of our relationship blueprint file until we're adults. We don't really learn to do that until we're adults. So for me, it was something that through therapy, through my own coaching, I learned that I had picked up some unhealthy associations with conflict thanks to some of the early things I saw with my parents. And then what was really traumatic for me growing up is I I lost my mom at a very young age. I was only 5 years old. Um and there's really no way to put that into words. Uh, for those of you who have lost a parent, I'm sure you can relate. I think at such a young age, you know, I, I just didn't know how to process it. Um, and the abandonment that comes from that and the fear of loss and how it impacts every single relationship you have from that point forward, you worry about them and if they're going to leave and um the, the abandonment piece just becomes a focal point of every relationship. So I know that that young loss that I experienced is actually what caused me to be the empathic human that I am. And it's actually what pushed me in the path of becoming a clinical psychologist and learning people's stories and, and learning how people can be resilient. Um, and it's also what developed my anxious, disorganized attachment style. It had a huge impact. Um, and then as a young girl, you know, my dad is a single dad and he started dating And he had no idea really how to nurture and support two young daughters. And speaking for myself, maybe we'll have my twin sister on at some point, but I certainly felt neglected at times um, and, well, a lot of the time. Um, And my dad was pretty emotionally unavailable. He worked a ton A lot of you who I talk to who have had anxious or disorganized attachment, you'll open up and share that your dad also worked a ton. So common theme here. Um, He worked a lot and I didn't feel like a priority and I couldn't really tell him how I was feeling and I oftentimes felt like I had to perform to get his attention and achieve and Um, That I wasn't, for whatever reason, that you know, I internalized that I was not worthy, that I was not good enough to receive his attention. Um, So that translated into me looking for that attention elsewhere from other emotionally unavailable men. And I'll be real vulnerable with y'all. Let's do it. Um, I actually started dating at a really young age. I was in middle school. I remember being in sixth grade and I was on, I was snowboarding and I was on a chairlift and this guy got on my chairlift, And of course I was in love with him within about 30 seconds. And we started a relationship literally as a sixth grader, I had a long distance relationship. And y'all, this was back when like long distance was not included in the phone bill. So that was problematic. <laughs> so anyways, shout out to, I won't say his name, but I doubt he's listening. Let's just say that. Um, But so he was emotionally unavailable, long distance, and it ended terribly. It ended with him cheating on me and I found out about it and it was a disaster. Um, That was my very first relationship boy that I told that I loved and I wrote him poetry. Um, But it's funny, even before that relationship, I was like the freaking third grader who had a boyfriend. This started early on for me that I was looking for validation and love outside of myself. And I was looking to emotionally unavailable men to give it to me because it's that repetition compulsion, which maybe you've heard me talk about where we repeat the patterns from childhood with, with the unconscious wish that we'll have a different outcome it's crazy. I remember even in second grade, the kid who I had the biggest crush on was very emotionally unavailable, had a lot of problems. And I remember his family was so dysfunctional that he oftentimes came to school without any shoes, wouldn't have a lunch, and he was just all over the place. And even then, little third grade Morgan wanted to care for this boy and take care of him. And I could love him the way he needed to be loved. So y'all, this pattern <laughs> ran really, really deep for me and started at a very, very young age. Um, anyways, I'm my timeline, I'm jumping all over. Fast forward to high school. I get in my first, or sorry, my second serious relationship, and it's the same damn pattern. Emotionally unavailable, pretty manipulative guy. And get this, the entire time we were dating, he was dating someone else, and he proposed to both of us at the same time. And yes, we found out, (laughs) uh, and I was only 18. So I had enough sense to turn it down clearly, especially once I found out that our whole relationship was a lie. Um, but these were the kind of men that I dated early on. And I will tell you this, I had low self-worth. I did not take care of myself. I was always, always, always looking for external validation. Um, I didn't even really feel that I was worthy of emotional investment. And I didn't feel that I was worthy of somebody putting in a lot of effort. And of course, I can say these things now. At the time, it wasn't really conscious. But... That's what was happening. Um, So then, <laughs> but like, this is just one train wreck after another. I mean, another experience that I had, and this, once again, there's a theme, right? I had gone to, it was early college, and I had gone to Guatemala. I was 19 because I was working on my Spanish degree. I have a double major um, psych in Spanish, so... Anyways, working on Spanish fluency, I go to Guatemala. I'm working in this orphanage and just taking Spanish lessons during the day. But I met this man there. And when you read my book that's coming out this year, this story will actually be in the beginning of the book. So you'll love it. Um, But I meet this guy and he sweeps me off my feet and we're in love. And I can barely understand him because it's Spanish and I'm just learning it. Um, and I remember it was the rainy season and I didn't have a phone um, and we had this whirlwind romance and then all of a sudden nothing from him. And I remember literally standing at payphones with whatever quarters I could find. And I'm just like putting quarters into the payphone and hoping that he would pick up this time after I'd called him for like the 15th time. And of course, no response. Um, and then the very last day that I had in Guatemala, I was there for like four months and my last day there, he reappeared. He met me in the square and confessed to me that he was married, but he offered to run away to the States with me. (laughs) Oh my God. Clearly that didn't happen, but I'm telling you all this. Hopefully you could get a little bit of comedy. I mean, I can get a little bit of comedy out of it now. Um, But I'm telling you this because I want you to know, like, I had some patterns that were very unhealthy in the past, right? Um, so if I can move to the place that I'm at now, which I will share with you all, um, after having a past, like the one that I've had, there is hope for all of you, all of you. Okay. So, okay. So moving forward, let's see into college. I always felt like I wasn't good enough still. And a lot of it had to do with my physical appearance. So many of us women correlate our worthiness of a partner with our physical appearance if you need to cry it out right now cry it out I know that some of you that hits home you you're getting goosebumps and you know that you're correlating your worthiness in dating with your physical appearance and I'm here to tell you it's absolute bullshit Your physical appearance has nothing to do with your worthiness of a healthy relationship. Okay. But I was believing that lie and I ended up getting into really unhealthy eating and exercise patterns. I ate the same thing every day for a year and I would exercise twice a day. Um, And I did end up dating. And this one is really interesting. I'm torn if I should share this or not, but I'm going to, I'm going to share it. Let's get vulnerable. Here we go. (laughs) So my second year of college, I was 21, we'll say. Um, I actually dated my high school English teacher and (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) So, (laughs) while I was in high school, I had had the biggest crush on him. Because why? Because he was completely unavailable. How more unavailable can you get than someone who is 14 years older than you and is your high school English teacher? Right? So huge crush on him. And I was smart enough to not do anything in high school. I never confessed my love for him. But when I was in college, I wrote him a love letter and he actually responded. And I will say this, despite him being emotionally unavailable, which he absolutely was, and The evidence can be that we dated for two years and he could never say, I love you. And ultimately, that was the thing that ended our relationship is I just needed to hear those words. And he had this whole thing about not believing in love, but he wanted to still be with me. And it was very confusing, right? So someone who was really struggling with emotional investment Uh, But I think he's in a wonderful marriage now, and I'm super happy for him, and we actually ended on good terms, and that's all fine. But the point is, I was attracted to emotionally unavailable men and men who were out of reach, right? So... Um, I think we get the theme. I'm like, I don't have to go into too many more examples. We we got the theme, Dr. Morgan. <laughs> You're attracted to emotionally unavailable men. Um, I do want to talk about the next relationship though, and this one is important because it's what started me on the path of becoming a relationship coach, thought leader, attachment theory expert. So the next relationship I experienced was with a narcissist. And we dated for a year and a half. And I can tell you it was some of the most emotionally damaging time in my life. Um, It started out with love bombing. It started out with us having this amazing connection. And I was absolutely certain I was going to marry him within the first couple months. Um, And he whisked me away to Chicago multiple times. He was a big Cubs fan. Um, And he completely destroyed my self-worth. He would put me down. He knew all of the things that I was self-conscious about. And those were the things he would target. So about six months in is when it really started to get bad. Um, And I stayed. I stayed for a lot of reasons. Um, some of it was this, though, that I had such a void for family and such a void for feeling loved that I felt that I would never, ever get the feelings again that that he gave to me. And part of it was because I really connected with his family, his sister, his mom. They were amazing people. I actually don't know how they're related to him. Um And I was getting this like sense of family and these people who really cared about me and were invested in me. And I never had that really growing up. So I was really stuck. And then of course he did the isolating thing where he would put down all my friends and not let me hang out with them. Um, So I was very isolated in that way. Um, But then here's here's what happened y'all. Like He he essentially um, would be available to me, do the love bombing, apologize, and then he would completely disappear and he would withhold he would withhold affection and love and sex and and do it as a way to control me. So one of the things that this did is it actually contributed to me developing a disorganized attachment style before I was completely anxious. Now in this relationship, I had to learn how to completely, um, back out and shut, you know, shut off. And I developed fear of intimacy, which I hadn't really had before. Um, so This relationship ended with him threatening my life, um, in a very real way, uh, where there were witnesses and police were called and there was a police report written, um, and it was terrifying. It was terrifying. And it was the wake up call. It was the absolute wake up call that I needed to stop the madness, to work on myself, to go to therapy, to get coaching, to do the things that I needed to do to reach where I'm at now, I had to have this wake-up call. For all of you listening, I pray to God that you don't have a freaking police report or the fear of dying involved in your wake-up call I hope it's something less. But if it if it is really significant and you you hit rock bottom, just know you can get through it. You can absolutely get through it. And for me, a lot of the shame that came with with going through something like this of blaming myself and feeling like it was my fault and why did I stay? Why did I put up with it? A lot of that wasn't healed until years later, but it has been healed for me. And and I can tell you this, that in the end, I'm actually grateful that I had that wake-up call when I did because I don't know, I might have just kept postponing doing this work It took a really horrible, scary relationship to get me to change my dating patterns, right? Um, (sighs) (laughs) I'm used to like having so much more fun and then we have like this heavy conversation and I'm trying to think, where do we go from here, y'all? Where do we go from here? Um, The beautiful thing is, is out of this pain, out of that horrible relationship, developed the empowered, secure, and loved relationship method, right? Out of all my years of piecing together what it took to date in a healthy way, to know my worth, to communicate as I was dating, to set my standards, to rewire the relationship with myself and rewire my beliefs about relationships, none of that would have happened without all of this past relationship trauma. So it is from a place of feeling whole now and healed that I can say that I'm grateful for my past. I am. And because of it, I have so much empathy for the women that I speak with. And fast forward to today. So I do practice what I preach. For many years, I was dating and I was learning to do so in a way that was fun and enjoyable. And I actually loved being single. Um, That was some of the most fun time in my life and the time when I healed my relationship with me. And really, honestly, upped my self-worth by a lot. I loved it. I loved that time. Most of that was when I was in San Diego. um, And I grew female friendships. I started this business. I became fully licensed as a clinical psychologist. I traveled to Greece and Spain and Mexico um read a ton of books, right? Like there was so much that I did during that time that I'm grateful for. And then fast forward to today, I can tell you that because of what I learned, um I am now in an incredible healthy relationship and I can tell you this, that I would have never <laughs> been able to attract this kind of relationship if I hadn't worked on myself. This is someone who shows up, wants to do the work, communicates really well, loves to connect with me in the way that I want to be connected with, values closeness, um, intimacy, etc. cetera. There's so many ways that I feel loved and cherished and desired in this relationship. And I would have never been able to even accept that in the past. I would have absolutely sabotaged it or pushed it away. So I'm so grateful for the work that I've done and the research and all of the things that have gone into getting to this place. Um, of course, even being completely healthy and happy as a single person, that really was enough of a win, but I will say this, like getting to the point now where I have this amazing connection with someone and, um, can really truly say that I'm in a securely attached, healthy relationship. Uh, it just feels really, really good. It does. So I share all of this with you, not because I want you to know. I share it because I hope it inspires some of you that no matter where you're at, that you can always move towards secure attachment. And of course, you guys know, if you've been listening, my number one mission in life is to help women attract great relationships and have high self-worth to be able to have the relationship that I know that they deserve and to be able to have the relationship with themselves that they deserve. So ultimately through my own experience, through my clients' experiences, I've created this framework and this program to save you time, right, to help you not waste a decade on the dating roller coaster and dating people who it just ends up not working out every single time. Like, I don't want you to waste your time. So the ESL program and this framework is designed to take you to securely attached and attracting the level of partner that you deserve and and to get you there quickly So I'm so passionate about helping you do that. I don't want you to spend another day dating idiots or dating people who won't commit and not standing in your worth, right? So if this resonates with you, I mean, make sure that you apply to the program. I would love to have you in the program. It's the only way to work with me. I no longer work with people who haven't gone through the program So make sure you apply. I would absolutely love to have you in there and support you in leveling up to the next version of you. The link is, of course, in my Instagram bio. It just says apply now. It'll also be in the show notes of this episode. So check that out. I hope you enjoyed my vulnerable share. I feel like I could have spread this out. Like this is one long episode. We could have done like seven parts. But, you know what? You just got my dating history kind of in a nutshell. Um of course there's things I left out, okay? Got to leave some things out. Um but that that was a lot of the a lot of the main uh train wrecks, I'll say. Um And I hope it was helpful. All right, y'all, you know, you know what I'm going to say. I am wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk with you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you.